as something designers talk about all the time. It's about empathy, right? And putting yourself in the other person's shoes and thinking, okay, how would I feel if I just got this out of the blue? Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And my name's Femke. And in this episode today, we're going to talk about being direct in the workplace. This all came about because I think a couple weeks back now, I did a tweet, uh, as I often do when I'm just sitting on my couch reflecting on my day. And my tweet was about being direct at work. And the context of my tweet, I was sort of giving an example of how I often write an email or write a Slack message. I feel like for me, after living in the Netherlands for a few years where it's quite a direct work culture, I've sort of inherited this like ability to just get to the point and be really direct in my work communication. And so I had this example where I think I was writing like, hi, I have some feedback about this, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's often how my thought process is like when I'm giving feedback about something. But Often now that I'm living in Canada and working a lot with American colleagues, it's a bit of a different working culture. I find the directness isn't quite as well received as with the Dutch. So I find myself going back and like adding in little pleasantries and like kind of toning down the directness and making sure I like thank people for their hard work or, you know, kind of ease into the to the topic that I want to get into. And this tweet kind of took off, actually. There was a lot of thoughts, responses, some people agreeing, yeah, some people not agreeing. Um, and I think this is a very, I don't know, for, for me and my work experience can be quite a cultural thing as well. So thought it would be really interesting to, to discuss on our episode today. So I'm looking forward to getting stuck into this. Yes, and I'm excited for this too, because I feel like it might be a topic where we have some differing opinions on, which is always very exciting <laughs> for me when we get to have like a lively debate on the show. But before we get into today's episode, this episode, once again, is sponsored by the wonderful Webflow. Webflow is a tool that both Femka and I use to build our personal websites. And it's like a no-code website building tool that gives designers the power of code, but in this visual interface. One of my favorite features about it is its interactions and animations tool set. I don't know about you, Fem, but like coding those by <laughs> hand is not a strong suit of mine. I struggle with it greatly, but I do often think in motion. I have this motion graphics background in university. So using Webflow interactions is super fun for me because I feel like it's a way for me to actually bring the motion ideas and like bring my designs to life. Uh, with things like, you know, parallax scrolling, movements based on the mouse or the cursor. That's what I have some of on my website. It's very fun. Um, You can also do custom keyframe and After Effects based animations. It's super powerful. Like I said, I feel like it's not something I can do in code. So it's really exciting to have it as a Webflow feature. Yeah, this is a feature of Webflow that I haven't quite got fully stuck into myself, but I'm really looking forward to trying it when I redo my website. It's been something I've kind of been looking forward to getting stuck into and learning. And I know that Webflow has a really good like university learning sort of video program, which always explains stuff really easily. So I'm super excited to get stuck into it and make my website look super cool and flashy and animated will be super fun. And I bet you're going to find, because this is what I found, that it is so much easier than you think. Like the first time I made an interaction work, I was like, that that's it I can do so many things now it was awesome so thank you to Webflow for sponsoring this episode thank you any listeners can get 10% off any new annual Webflow plan using the code designlife all one word at webflow.com so go check it out 
Woohoo. Before we get into talking about the topic, should we do a quick catch up, check in, chicken, whatever you want to hear it as? (laughs) (laughs) How's life been, fam? Life has been good. Yeah, we just finished the long Labor Day weekend for those uh, in North America who know. Yeah, I enjoyed the last weekend of summer by going camping. We have one more camping trip, I think, booked after this, but it's starting to get pretty cold at night, I will say. So probably wrapping it up soon and uh, preparing for the new season. I don't know. It's it's so weird, but nice living in such a seasonal place. Really like the turning of the seasons kind of. For me, I'm realizing also helps me have new focuses for like side projects and like, oh no, this is something that I'd rather focus on in winter because I'll be more inside. And so yeah, I'm sort of starting to now think and plan out like what I want to do side project wise during the winter season. Nice. For me, um, we've just entered the less hot part of summer (laughs) in Spain. (laughs) So it's still beautifully sunny and warm most days. But I I had a good long weekend as well. I took it off because ConvertKit had it as a company holiday. Nice. Did a bunch of relaxing watching formula one film some videos that was fun you know yeah it was it was a good weekend a good normal weekend (laughs) super productive for you (laughs) yes or always productive for me you know that's just how my weekends go (laughs) yeah for sure all right let's get into the topic i want to kick it off by the reason that i wanted to make this an episode and i thought it'd be good to talk about because like i said i think we've got some differences here so in your example you explained it in the introduction you sort of had it written out, crossed out, like, hi, I've got some feedback on this landing page. Mm-hmm. When, when underneath you had what you actually sent, which was more like, oh, this person shared the page with me. It's looking great. Thanks for your hard work. Just got some <laughs> feedback for you. You know, quite a difference. And I noticed in a reply to someone that someone had said, our friend Nathan had said, this is a good response though. You shared the background of like why you're talking to them. You recognize their effort and you're offering feedback to make it better. It's a good response. Yeah. And you said, Sure, but why can't I just jump straight into the feedback instead of the extra fluff? Yeah. And I have an issue, fam, with <laughs> this extra stuff being called fluff. Okay. Because if it's genuine, it's not fluff. It is important information to convey to the person. Right. That you appreciate their work, you know, where you got to the landing page from, you know, if, you, if it's a context is important is what I'm saying. I obviously don't know the background around the situation you had. Like maybe it wasn't necessary to say that this person had shared the landing page with you, but... If I'm thinking about myself um, getting feedback from someone else in the company, like, I don't know, just randomly chiming in on a project that they haven't been a part of, I would be like, what? Okay. Um, Thanks, I guess. But this is a little (laughs) odd. So it is helpful to hear the context of where it came from. So that's what I wanted to say up front is that I don't see that stuff as fluff. But if you do, then I think you shouldn't include it. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I think I would only challenge whether I have to do that every time. So like maybe if I have an ongoing rapport with this person, they're a close teammate, like we know we're all working together on this project. Like we know the context is there. We've had conversations, et cetera, et cetera. I guess my question to you is like, would you still include that stuff? Or like at what point, if, if ever, do you go more direct? Yeah, I think it's about, and it sort of ties into last week's episode a little bit about friendships at work and building relationships with people. I think the more someone knows you and knows like where your heart is coming from on this matter and like can, I guess, read the tone in your Mm. written um, communication, the less you have to worry, I suppose, about it and the more you can just like jump straight in and say it. Angela in our community uh, had a good thought about this 
where we, you know, put out a call to see what everyone else thought about being direct in the workplace. And Angela said that intention and context is what can make directness, quote unquote, mean, not the directness in and of itself. And that, I think, is the answer here, that if you have the context of a good relationship uh, with the person and, you know, you know that you're both working on this project, you can jump straight in more than needing the background if, if perhaps you weren't so close. Yeah, I, I really like this, this little nugget from Angela. The only thing I'm struggling is trying to figure out how do you make your intention clear without smelling it out. And maybe this is like more of a philosophical question because hmm. um, I find this happens to me in lots of different parts of my life, actually, not just being direct at work or not just at work in the first place, but like communicating with people and trying to like have good intention and trying to communicate that intention without saying out loud, like my intention of this is to X right. is something that like I'm in, in general finding a little bit challenging in, in my life, but something I'm trying to figure out more how to, how to make sure that intention is not only of good intention, but also comes through clearly in my communication without like having to spell it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I would ask in this situation that you shared an example for, you obviously felt the need to erase the like just super direct jumping straight into it and right. put some more context behind right. it for a reason, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you, I think you have it inside you. You know when you need to perhaps give more context. And I think it's about, as something designers talk about all the time, it's about empathy, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. putting yourself in the other person's shoes and thinking, okay, how would I feel if I just got this out of the blue mm-hmm. or I don't know, writing something out, reading it back and, and asking yourself, does this come across a little like accusatory or anything like that? You know, how can I make sure that what I'm actually intending to communicate, which is just, hey, this page is in a good state, but I think it could be better if we did these things. Like, you know, it can be as, as simple as that. Um, rather than, I don't know, if you just listed out a bunch of problems to someone who, you know, perhaps you haven't been working closely with on a project you don't have a personal relationship with, it could come across as you just saying, this is all the things that you did wrong. Yeah. And I know as designers, we need to build a tough skin around things like that to just, you know, be able to accept that kind of feedback. But this personal relationship side of things is important, like we talked about in the last episode. And even though it might feel like you're having to add unnecessary like stuff around your feedback, it helps to communicate that intention in the end. Uh, yeah, they call this, I've, I've heard this term quite a few times, the shit sandwich, where basically you like give a bit of nice feedback and then like you have your really super direct or like constructive, let's say, point in the middle and then end on nice feedback again. Uh, and I've seen this happen a lot. And when this happens to me, I actually just get frustrated because I just want the person to get straight to the point. Like I don't need the extra stuff. Just tell me exactly what the feedback is, what your thoughts are, you know, what needs fixing or what needs improving. I don't know. Maybe this is just a personal thing about me. I, I don't like it when that happens to me. And so therefore I don't do it to others, but maybe some people prefer getting feedback that way, but I just struggle with the, I guess, emotional load maybe of having to to super consider the other person's feelings or like response or I I don't know in the context of like a workplace and we're just trying to get stuff done and work towards a project like there's deadlines like sometimes I just want to get to the point without having to think about the like emotional structure of the conversation Um, and that's not to say that stuff doesn't matter but I don't always feel like it's my responsibility I suppose to like hold that of other people if that makes sense right 
That doesn't make sense. Oh my gosh, there's so many things I want to reply Sorry. to. <laughs> First of all, I want to say that I find it frustrating too when I get this like compliment sandwich is another term for it. Oh, that's much more polite. <laughs> a, a less sweary version. I find it frustrating when it feels like it's not genuine, when it feels like the person is seeing it as fluff, you know, to use the term from that, that tweet thread, um, where someone's thought, oh, I need to like say something nice to start this. I will just pick this out, right. you know, yeah. and it's not something genuine. How I get around this when I'm, you know, feeling like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm not completely breaking this person's spirit by giving them all this, just, just pointing out the negatives about it. I think it's important to keep in mind when you're giving feedback, to give feedback on the things you think shouldn't change about what they've done. Because sometimes, you know, you, in addressing the fixes from the negative feedback, you could end up changing things that were actually working really well, you know? So I think having that attitude towards it and thinking, what definitely don't I want to change about this piece? And if the answer is there's nothing, it all needs to change, that's okay and it needs to be said. There's other ways to get around that. But I think that the compliment sandwich doesn't work only when the compliments either side of the constructive <laughs> stuff are not genuine. Right. Uh, I think everyone can see through that. You're right, it is frustrating to get that sort of thing and to feel like, I don't know, when I get that and, and it doesn't seem like genuine stuff, it feels to me like you're saying I can't handle just getting the constructive side, right. you know? Like you don't have to shower someone with compliments just to give someone constructive feedback. You just have to be kind in the way you deliver that constructive feedback. Yeah. Does that make sense for that part? Yeah. I think that makes sense. I also like, I hate getting emails or messages where it's like really long and I have to like, pick out the really Dig through yeah, yeah you know we have to really pick out like okay what are you actually trying to say here or what's the main takeaway um I try to avoid that by like bullet like having bullet points or like bolding the really key bits or like having a TLDR at the beginning of my message like here's the clear ask that I'm looking for um and so I don't know I think there's a way to like constructively present how you communicate as well to make sure the other person gets it I think that a way that I've done it in the past when, I, when there is just a lot of like constructive feedback that has to be delivered and there's not too many, I don't know, a lot needs to change, let's just say that. Mm -hmm. And this is going to touch on another part of what you said before, which is about like, you know, it's not your responsibility to consider their, the other person's emotions or whatever. Mm. I'm going to disagree with that. I think it is. I think it is everyone's job in the workplace to consider your workmates and to like be positioning your communication in the most effective way. And in this case, the most effective way means having to present your feedback in a way that isn't going to break the spirit, like I said, or cause them to put defenses up or, you know, not listen to all the really helpful stuff you have to say because they feel like they're being attacked. It is important for us to take that into consideration. And it is definitely a bit on the other person as well. If they're not able to handle constructive criticism, that's something they need to work on clearly. But I think it is on us to best understand how everyone we work with likes to receive feedback. This is something that I always like to learn about, you know, new people on the team is how they best respond to feedback. What's the best way to deliver it to them and just sort of refine my communication that way. And I think part of this, part of having this, you know, empathy and taking responsibility here is also taking responsibility for anything you might've done that could be impacting the like the position this project is in yeah so as an example recently i had to deliver like a bunch of critical feedback about an, an ad we were making a video ad and i had to say like in the feedback i was like i was like oh everything needs to change basically how am i going <laughs> to put this and i realized i was like okay it's clear i did not give enough direction at the start of this project 
I didn't take the time to sit down and write this all out. It's clear that this is what we need to do going forward, you know, like going forward, I'm going to make sure I take the time to do that so that you're starting off on a better note and sort of like me taking ownership for my part in what went wrong, essentially. I think that's really important to do. And I think that that can really help with delivering a bunch of negative feedback because then the person doesn't feel like it's all on them. You know, you're accepting the responsibility for it as well. Even if it is mostly on them to fix it, you're still accepting your part in the matter. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to dig more into like, okay, I feel like we've talked a bit about when to give direct feedback or like making sure you're adding the context when necessary, et cetera, et cetera. What, What do you feel about how to actually write how to write the piece of direct feedback. We got some thoughts from Adam in the community who talked about trying to remove the filler words. Uh, For example, the word just. So he talked about like, oh, I try to remove the word just before I send the message. So, hey, just checking on this turns into like, hey, checking on this, we need your feedback by the end of the day. You know, getting more direct in in terms of like how you structure your request. Do you have any tips there? What do you do? I find that I sort of, write it out how I would say it verbally in my head and then I kind of go back and like remove these filler words and like make sure that the ask is super clear and well constructed what what does that look like for you that process yeah I think something similar where I definitely like to take my time and writing it out and try not to you know fire off messages I think this is a benefit that we have with written communication and in remote work especially is that you can take your time to consider things consider what you're writing I feel like I've become a more articulate person since working remote because of the amount of time I've had to take to like consider what I'm writing before sending it. Yeah, filler words is one. Another thing that really annoys me in feedback that is like indirect is when people give feedback in the form of a question. Like they'll they'll see my design and they'll say, um, should like, do you want to put this here? Or like, should we put this here? And I'm like, I don't know, should we? Like, I've obviously thought we have, otherwise I wouldn't have put it in this design. Um, And I didn't call it out in my list of things, you know, that I was wondering about. So do you think we shouldn't? Is that what you're saying? Um, Like, just tell me straight up, man. That's something that I find frustrating. So yeah, like what's the underlying message behind that comment is not super clear. Like what's feeling wrong about where it's currently placed, right? Yeah, yeah. Or are you just like devil's advocating right now, which is not helpful to anybody? Yeah. (laughs) I think there's a little bit in here of, um, I think we've done an episode in the past of how to give, give constructive feedback, right? I'm fairly sure. Anyway. I think so. But um, yeah, that's part of it. And maybe it's also for you and I needing to better communicate to our team how we want to receive feedback. You know, just like I said, I like to take the time to learn how others, the, you know, the people I work with respond best to feedback and how they like to receive it. I usually do that through like, I don't know, seeing how they respond and making corrections next time. But I think it could be an actual upfront conversation that we have with our teams. But we say, hey, um, I've noticed I'm getting feedback formatted like this. I just wanted to say that I would prefer to receive it this way and like, you know, show an example. Is there any way that I've been delivering feedback to you that you would, you know, like me to change or different ways that I could be sharing my thoughts? I don't know just a thought yeah yeah I I think that's really a really good idea I found that when I switched managers one of the first things my new manager asked me was how I like to receive feedback um, good. and I wasn't prepared for the question but actually it was really nice that that he asked me that and it really made me think hard about how I do prefer to to receive feedback mm-hmm. um, and I kind of wish we would do this as a team exercise like I'd love to learn that about my peers um, maybe that's on me to actually go out and and ask them after this episode but I'm wondering like we've talked 
a bit about direct feedback here. How do you feel about more like direct communication, like mm. verbally, like like how to agree to something? Maybe someone's making a suggestion. It's not necessarily feedback. Like, I don't know, those other kinds of moments where somebody's trying to be direct with you. It's not related to feedback. Yeah. Do you feel any differently about those kind of situations? I feel like here is a good point to bring up something that a lot of people were discussing in your Twitter thread. And that is the fact that sometimes when a woman is direct, they're seen as bossy Mm -hmm. uh, or as, you know, trying to be controlling and that sort of thing. And that we have that to deal with. I feel very lucky that in my career, I don't know if this has been a problem that I've had. At least it's not been something I noticed, you know? Right. And maybe it, hasn't been something I've noticed because it's only been in the past few years really at ConvertKit that I've felt I can really be direct, you know, as direct as I would like to be. Maybe in previous roles, I was tempering that a little bit for fear of being seen as bossy or I don't know, controlling or anything like that. But yeah, it's been well received for me when I've uh, gone about this. So perhaps I can't speak to it. But I do know, I just wanted to like say that I, I understand that is a problem for a lot of people and it freaking sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of like moments I've had. I suppose earlier on when I was maybe less confident as a designer or less confident about my role and, and my responsibilities, I think I was pretty like, you know, when people made suggestions or like, you know, made requests to me, I was always like, yep, yes, or, or I'll, I'll think about that. Or yeah, I think we can do that. And now if I know the answer is no, then I'm like, no, (laughs) like, no, we're not going to do that. I've already made that decision in the design or like, no, two weeks is not long enough. I need four or, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable now in, in my role to be a bit more direct in the response to just kind of say no or say yes you know whatever that answer is with some rationale obviously um Mm -hmm. whereas I felt like before I was always a bit like maybe or like I'll think about it or like too shy or too scared or too nervous to like speak up and and push back so yeah I don't know for me that's kind of come with like time and experience and you know feeling comfortable in my role and with my team yeah I do wonder like would we both have felt this confidence earlier in our careers Mm. if we were not women you know Mm, that's an interesting question I don't know I don't know don't know how to answer that but I will say that I feel like I've learned a lot from uh, because most of the leadership team at ConvertKit are men unfortunately something we're trying to work on but I feel like I've learned a lot from them about communication because like this is a team who knows how to communicate like like it's so good and I feel like my skills have improved a lot from learning how other people do it you know and so I've been I guess like whenever I receive a piece of direct feedback or see it written you know even if it's not a piece of feedback like we talked about I'm sort of like picking it apart and understanding how they formed this how they wrote it and why has it been effective and I think that uh, for me I've noticed that with direct feedback like there was an, an example I can think of is a couple of months ago, our manager had to write up a post about like some deadlines that had slipped and some things that we as a marketing team had not done well, you know? Yeah. And this would, would have been tough to read if we were coming at it from quite a vulnerable place or I don't know, we didn't have the, the personal care, yeah, just to bring in a radical candor term there, you know, side of things to, to receive this feedback would have been difficult. But he like very clearly stated like what happened, what went wrong, 
what we should do differently next time his like his own failings in this matter as well uh-huh. it was just it was so good and it was like a really good learning piece for me on um not only delivering feedback but taking ownership for my faults in it like i said before uh, and things like that but also ending the post somehow in a really inspiring way <laughs> in a sort of like come on we're all in this together like you know we all want to do better we all know we can do better than this sort of thing which I thought was a really good way to go about being direct, but still being inspiring um, instead of spirit breaking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's really nice. I, I really like that. The intention there is super clear and it's, it's nice that he was being considerate of, of everybody on the team. So I think that's a really nice example. And I think it's a good example of where like, you know, the inspirational piece at the end could have been seen as fluff, right? Like it wasn't needed. It's, it's not really like part of the feedback. He had already addressed all that stuff. But without that, without that added, you know, closing message, it wouldn't have hit home all the rest of it. And we wouldn't have felt like inspired to actually take action on it as much. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. why I would consider it a, like a, a core part of delivering the feedback. It wouldn't mean the same without it. Yeah. And in your case, it's clear that it was very genuine, which I think is super yes. important because it's super easy to see when it's not. So, yeah, that intention, I think, has to be very clear. Yeah, I think it always comes back. I feel like recently in all of our episodes, it comes back to the team that you're on and the people that you work with and just how important that is, right? Mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. a part of a, a team and a company that where you know everyone's hearts are in the right place, you can trust people because it's so hard to take feedback from someone who you don't trust or like, worst of all, don't respect. It's just, it's never going to work, right? And I think this is the problem that a lot of companies have where individuals in the, within the company perhaps might think they have an issue with being direct, they're seen as bossy. It is not their problem, I don't think. I think it is the company culture problem. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting to think about because I've definitely felt that way. That, that's almost one of the reasons in the example I shared in my tweet that I went back and added in the context was because I'm afraid that I'll come across as bossy if I just send the feedback. I don't know, I feel like as a woman, we definitely have have to consider that more than men would have to unfortunately Mm. but yeah I think my takeaway from this episode is that there is a time and a place for being direct and overall like I I appreciate personally I appreciate and I like the value of of directness in the workplace however to your points I do think now that context is important and like intention setting is also equally important and to just make sure that that's really clear in the message um, so there's something I'm going to work on more. So thank you for, for giving me a little bit of wisdom in this episode. Cool. I'm glad this is a good discussion. And I think we should end as well by saying that it's also a problem if you go too far on the other end of the scale, right? Oh. And <laughs> you're like trying to be too nice and the feedback never gets delivered or never hits home because you've worried too much about, you know, how you're going to deliver it. I think it can go that way too, really, really easily, um, especially when things like, you know, you said right now you feel confident to just be like, no, we can't do that in two weeks. We need more time. If you were like trying to, I don't know, be a people pleaser too much, maybe that's the term for it. You would say, yeah, 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 we'll make it happen. We'll get it done. And then miss the deadline because like you said, it's just not possible. Yeah. I, I don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I would argue that's worse than being seen as bossy or too direct. Right. Um, yeah. Is missing the deadline and doing your work badly because you're worried about I don't know, how other people see you and wanting people to think you're nice. Yeah. Yep, yeah, totally agree. 
Cool. I'm glad we did this episode, fam. I think this is especially relevant now with more and more companies working remote. Online, um, yeah. Yeah, because being direct in person, like in a meeting is one thing because you can see if someone has a smile on their face <laughs> or like maybe you were just having a water cooler chat with them earlier. But when you are only communicating through like written means, um, it's so hard to understand tone mm-hmm. and all that and mm-hmm. things can easily be misconstrued. So, yeah. This is important. I'm glad we talked about it. And I'm glad you did this initial tweet that sparked it all off. (laughs) Yeah. If anyone listening has any other thoughts or like nuggets that you want to share about this topic, then please tweet us at designlifefm. You can also head to our website, designlife.fm, if you want to listen to more episodes just like this. And I would truly love to hear people's hot takes on (laughs) the work environment and things like this. Like what other topics that are like, I don't know, something maybe you believe that not everyone does. Uh, What should we talk about on this show? I think it's really fun when we get into things like this, especially things that perhaps vary between different cultures because we are like a global podcast right here. So it's cool to talk about. Uh, Thanks again to Webflow for sponsoring this episode and sponsoring our show for the month of September. Thank you. Head to webflow.com, use the code DESIGNLIFE to get 10% off any annual plan. Thanks, Webflow. Woohoo. Thanks, Webflow. All right. We'll catch up again next week. Talk to you then, fam. Bye. Bye.